Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Classroom Commute Podcast. I'm Rachel, your host. Glad that you are joining me today. Today, we're going to talk about five ideas for teaching students how to read nonfiction. If you think about it, most of what we read in our life is nonfiction. We read street signs when we're driving. We read recipes when we cook. We read manuals when we're trying to figure out why the heck the vacuum cleaner isn't working, right? We read nonfiction all day, every day. And so teaching students to read nonfiction texts effectively, whether that's in a book or just in their everyday life, is a reading beast all on its own. There are a lot of moving parts, identifying text structures and features and using the glossary and referring to headings and subtitles to know when you're going to find the facts that you need and so much more. So there is a lot going on when it comes to reading nonfiction. Take reading that vacuum menu that I just mentioned a moment ago. You're not going to take the time to read about how to change the bag in your vacuum if you're just trying to figure out why it won't suck up dirt or pet hair properly, right? Instead, you're going to look in the table of contents to see where the issue that you're having is being addressed within the manual, and you're going to cut right to the chase. This means we read nonfiction texts a whole lot differently than we read fiction texts. You would never go to chapter three to begin reading a fiction story. You would start from the beginning and work your way to the end. But in nonfiction, it doesn't work that way. And so we need to teach our students that sometimes we can go directly to a section within the text. But in order to do that, we need to teach students that they can do that and how to do that. So today we're going to cover five ways that you can help your students students become more familiarized with a nonfiction text and how to use the different features and the structures to their advantage. So let's get at it. I think before you can do anything else with nonfiction text, you've got to start at the beginning. And for me, I think the beginning is teaching text features. Looking at a page in a nonfiction book is vastly different than a page inside a fictional text. You'll see bold words and headings and subheadings and fact boxes and so on. We know that the author includes these text features to draw our attention to the important facts. We want our students to be able to immediately find and use those text features to help them understand the text. And I actually covered this in a three-step formula for introducing text features to your students in a blog post that I will link to over at the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 67. But let me give you the highlights here. One of my most favorite ways to initially introduce students to text features is to have them go on a text feature scavenger hunt. So anytime you can make something like this interactive, you're going to really get those students' attention and you're going to make it more fun for them. So I have them go on a text feature scavenger hunt. And after I go over the different types of text features, like those bold words and charts and headings, and I show them several examples. So we'll do this in, say, a mini lesson. I might do a few each day. I will provide students with 
dozens of books and just let them have at it. They work in teams or partners to try to find as many text features as they can in a specific amount of time. So they can either use a checklist if you wanna just make it real simple for them to just check off when they find that text feature, or you can make it a little bit more advanced of a recording sheet where you have them not only just say when they find the text feature or where they found it, but what the text feature teaches them. So it depends on what level you're working with and where your students are in this journey as far as what their understanding is of text features. But this initial activity is great because the main goal here is just to get them to start noticing them. If they don't even notice them and pay no attention to them, they're going to move on to the next page and they're going to completely miss the important information that is included in those text features. So we want to train them to look for those features. So that is my first activity. And again, I talk about this in that blog post that I'll link to, but a scavenger hunt is a great starting point. Another awesome activity, and this actually is my personal favorite because you know I love Linktivities, but I have a Linktivity all about text features where they watch a fun interactive video that introduces the text features. And then I just have several informational slides where they see what these features actually look like. So this is a great way to, again, just get the text features, what they look like out in front of them so that they start looking for them on their own. And the good news for you today is that this Linktivity is completely free. So I want you to go and grab it. It's over in our members resource library in the reading section. If you have not yet become a free member, you can do it after you listen to this episode. Just hop on over to the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 67. I'll have the link to the members resource library there and you can go ahead and grab this Linktivity in our resource library. And it also comes with a little flip book that the students fill out, which is a great resource for them to then refer refer to as they get more and more into your nonfiction unit. All right, so the first idea for getting your students to read nonfiction is to teach them the text features. I think the next important element to teaching nonfiction is to help your students to start identifying the text structure of the text itself. So first, let's be clear what text structure is. There are five main text structures that authors use to present nonfiction information. So they can do it in a descriptive structure. And this is where the text describes a topic, an idea, a person, or a thing by giving specific information about it. So it's very descriptive. The the second text structure is sequence. And this is the text that explains steps or events in order to tell how something is done or how something happens. So this would be your recipe book. It's a sequential text structure. A compare and contrast text structure shows how two or more things are alike or different. So this would be your book that compares alligators to crocodiles. And it follows a very specific structure because the author goes back and forth about describing how one animal is this way while the other animal is this way. So they're comparing and contrasting. The fourth text structure is cause and effect. And this is the type of text where it shows the relationship between cause and effect. So if you recycle, this is the effect that we're going to have. So anything like that. And the last text structure is problem and solution. And this text describes and discusses a problem and gives a possible solution to fix the problem, just like it sounds. So we've got descriptive, sequence, compare and contrast, cause and effect, problem and solution. And when we teach our students to identify the text structure, it will help them to know about how to navigate the text itself. 
If they know they're reading a compare and contrast book, they know that they're looking for text features and information that is going to tell them how one is different from the other. And then their mind is working a little bit differently. They're really focusing in on how one thing is different to the other. And of course, the best way to teach them how to do this is going to be give them repeated exposure and practice. So you're gonna start obviously by introducing each text structure and giving them multiple examples. That doesn't mean you have to read six books in each type of text structure, but you might choose a few pages from several books and point out how you know it is a specific text structure. And after reading several books or the excerpts from the books illustrating the text structure, I think a great next step is to have students work in small groups to identify the text structure through the books that they're looking through. And so to do this, I would give them some discussion prompts because this is a little bit more of a trickier concept. The text features, they're pretty easy to find. They can easily see that a word is bolded or italicized or whatever, but it takes a little bit more critical thinking to really decide if a text is a specific structure. So I like to give them discussion prompts to help guide their thinking and lead them to identifying the structure correctly. So here's an example of what one of the discussion prompts might be. One of your discussion prompts might say, does the author express a concern about a topic? If so, what's the concern and how does the author suggest a way to fix it? If the answer is yes to those questions, if it does address a concern with possible solutions, you know that the possible text structure could be problem and solution. Another discussion prompt could be, are there several different facts about this topic? If yes, it could be a descriptive text structure. Or another prompt might be, does the author explain results of changes that happen? If yes, it could possibly be a cause and effect text structure. So you can have these discussion prompts on a poster somewhere. And so as they're going through the book, they can ask themselves these questions over and over, or you can put them each on an individual card. It's completely up to you. But giving them these discussion prompts will kind of help guide them into correctly identifying each structure. And then if you want to take this one step further, you can do one additional activity within the group and you're going to assign each group just one text structure to really focus on. And that group is going to be given a book that's within their text structure and they're going to create a poster that will illustrate how they know this particular book is that particular text structure. So let me give you an example. One group might be given the book Deserts by Gail Gibbons. And this Deserts book is a descriptive text structure. So what the students are going to do is they're going to read that book. They're going to create a poster where they write the title and the author of the book. They're going to explain in their own words what descriptive structure is. And then they're going to, because a descriptive structure is all about giving facts and information detail after detail about a specific topic, they're going to design a poster that does exactly that. So since this book is about deserts, they're going to include facts about where deserts are found, plants and animals in the deserts, weather in the desert, and any other interesting facts. If they're doing a sequential text structure, then their poster would likely have some sort of chart on it that shows a, um, you know, arrows pointing from one step to another. If the book that they read was a compare and contrast text structure, then their poster would likely have a Venn diagram showing how whatever was discussed in the book and showing the differences using that Venn diagram. So, the idea here is that they read the book together as a class and they take what they know about that text structure and come up with a creative way to present that information in poster form. So if you are looking for some books that fall into each different text structure, I'll link to an article over at the show notes that gives you some good ideas and some titles to get you started. 
And on top of that, I also have a free student reference sheet over in our members resource library, also in the reading section. And it's basically a one sheeter that has all five different descriptions on there with its definition and some clue words that would help the student to identify. So for example, on the sheet, the cause and effect text structure, some of the clue words that the students would be looking for is as a result or therefore or because of or due to or reason why or consequently. So those are clue words that students can look for to help identify the text structure. So it's just a nice sheet for them to have something to reference over and over as they're starting to learn this new skill. Again, it's free. It's over in the show notes and I will link to it over there as well. All right, the third way to really get your students to effectively read nonfiction is to teach reading strategies, reading comprehension strategies to be more specific with nonfiction. We as teachers often really focus on reading comprehension strategies when it comes to fiction texts. It's very easy to apply those reading strategies to a fictional story. However, we should also be teaching these strategies in nonfiction texts. It just takes a little bit of a spin and you you use some different terminology when you're referring to nonfiction and the reading strategies. So for example, we have been talking a lot on this podcast here. I have a whole series going on right now all about reading comprehension strategies, and I will link to those in the show notes. We've been working our way through them, but today I want to focus specifically through the lens of nonfiction. So the comprehension strategies, just as a quick review, are making connections, predicting, questioning, determining importance, inferring, and synthesizing. Oh, and visualizing as well. So there's seven total. So through the lens of nonfiction, making connections might sound like this. What do you already know about the topic? What other books have you read about this same topic? Or how does this issue or topic affect our daily life or society? The predicting comprehension strategy, you might say things like, what do you think you will learn in this book? Instead of what you think will happen, like you would in a fiction, you would start saying, what do you think you're going to learn based on the title, based on the photographs that you see as you do a quick picture walk? With the questioning comprehension strategy, you might ask questions like, why do you think the author chose to use that text feature? Or how does it help you better understand the topic better? Or what questions about this topic do you think will get answered as you read? So there's a lot of ways to just kind of flip some of that terminology that you would normally use with a fictional text and make it more applicable to nonfiction text. So we want our students to be using all the comprehension strategies for both fiction and nonfiction. All right, the fourth way that you want to start teaching students to read nonfiction strategies effectively is to teach fact and opinion through nonfiction. Nonfiction texts are actually perfect types of books to use when teaching the difference between fact and opinion. So take a book about recycling, for example. Gail Gibbons has a really great one and I'll link it to in the show notes. So that book is loaded with facts about recycling, the process of recycling, the benefits of recycling, and so on. However, before, during, and after reading the book, the conversation can easily lead into a discussion on the opinions about recycling, why everyone should be doing it, or why not recycling is wrong and harmful to the environment. So Gail Gibbons is going to give you a lot of facts about recycling, and that is going to give us the opportunity to develop our own opinions about recycling based on the facts. So you want to be bringing that reading skill of fact and opinion into your nonfiction texts. Take the opportunity to talk about how many authors use their nonfiction books to teach others about their passions on a nonfiction topic. And you can present the facts that support their opinions. 
You can easily create a simple fact and opinion T-chart on a poster or on a smart board or whatever you're using and help students see the facts and opinions about a nonfiction topic side by side. All right, lastly, we're gonna talk about the fifth way to help your students effectively read nonfiction. And this last idea is something that you would do kind of at the end of your nonfiction unit, although you're never done reading nonfiction, but it might be done at the end of a unit where you're solely focusing on nonfiction. And this is a great cumulative activity. After weeks of practicing any skill, I always like to have my students put it together in a tangible way. So when we exclusively teach about nonfiction, one of the ways that I did this was have my students create a nonfiction reading guide. And I presented this activity to my students that, you know, now that we've been learning so much about nonfiction, they're the experts and that they're going to create this ultimate guide about nonfiction that they could give to somebody else who might not know about how to read nonfiction. And so inside this book, students would record all of the things that they've learned. And I have a guided template that they would fill out. So it wasn't just a empty page or a book of papers that they would put together on their own. I had it mapped out so that they would write down different text features and they would outline the different nonfiction text structures and things like that. So by putting together this guide and completing it, students would have a great review of everything that they've learned in our nonfiction reading unit. And I actually have the template that I use. I'll link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out and use it with your own students. I also have several other resources all about using nonfiction in the classroom. I have a complete unit about it that walks you top to bottom with how to introduce what it is and a lot of the activities that we discussed today. I also have kind of a starter kit about teaching nonfiction to your students and some resources that you can provide for your students there. And then I also have that nonfiction reading guide template that I just mentioned a moment ago. So I'll link to all of those resources in the show notes. And then of course, be sure to grab those free resources that I've mentioned, the nonfiction linktivity that I talked about and the text structure reference guide that students can use as well. So lots of goodies for you over on the show notes today. Make sure you head over there at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 67. All right, let's take our one quick lap around and review all the things that we've learned here real quickly before you head out to your day. So we've been talking all about five ideas that you can use in your classroom to really help your students read nonfiction effectively. And the first idea is to explicitly teach students text structures, and you can do it by things like a scavenger hunt and that linktivity that I mentioned, so that you're training your students to always look for the text features, that they're not overlooking them. The second activity is to help students identify text structure. And so that when we do that, we read it differently. We are looking for the cause and effect if we know it's a cause and effect structure. We're looking for the sequential steps in order to help our minds process something that is done in a specific order. So we help them to identify the text structure. The third way to help students read effectively with nonfiction is to teach them how how to use reading comprehension strategies with nonfiction. So we just change our vocabulary, our terms a little bit when we start talking about making connections with nonfiction versus making connections with fiction and so on, all the other strategies as well. And then we talk specifically about fact and opinion through nonfiction. And we really hone in on this skill that we uh, teach our students that often our opinions about something of a nonfiction topic is supported by the facts. And so we teach how these work side by side. And then lastly, a great put it all together activity is to have students create
create a non-fiction reading guide where they put everything that they've learned into one reference guide that they can use over and over as they're reading non-fiction texts. And it's a, just a great way to kind of bring it all together full circle, everything that they've learned. So we've learned a lot today and I hope that you can take at least one of these tips and ideas into your own classroom. And if you are loving what you are hearing here on the podcast, please take a quick moment and review it over in iTunes and leave that five-star review so that other teachers can find us as well and we get more people on our classroom commute into school. All right, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I can't wait to be back again with you next week on another episode. Bye for now.